Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. So on this episode, we are starting the first of what we're calling Animation April, where we're going to be talking about different animation studios that are not Disney and Pixar. So on this episode, we are talking about DreamWorks. Yes, DreamWorks Animation, originally founded by Jeffrey Katzenberg, Steven Spielberg, and David Geffen. Yes, and we'll definitely get into the history of the studio as well as the movies it has produced and all that good stuff. But we are going to be introducing a new segment called Technology Flashback. So Ezra, can you explain what we are doing for this segment or what this segment's all about? About pieces of technology that like that we love and when the original models of them were released. And this one, we're talking about the 10th anniversary of Apple's original iPad. So Apple's original iPad was originally released on April 3rd of 2010. I remember when it first came out and it was a really popular device. Yeah, and it was one of the first tablets, right? Yeah, one of the first smart tablet computers, yeah. And do you remember when it came out, like, what were people saying about it? They were mad about it. They thought it was so cool. It had really good, cool graphics. A lot of the same features as the iPhone and and the iPod Touch, I remember. Yeah, I think a lot of people at first were confused because it seemed like well, this is just doing the same thing as the iPhone. But clearly, Apple figured out there was a market for this, and it did really successfully. And they just released their latest version, the iPad, last week, I want to say? Yeah, the new version of the iPad Pro, and it has a new camera. It has two lenses similar to Apple's new iPhone models. I'm not sure what it does, but it has a similar camera lenses to the iPhone 11. Yeah, I think it, it improves the quality of the photos that it can take there's even been an, an air the normal size version and also the mini the mini the smaller that they've done yeah so the the ipad has changed a lot over the years and different versions and that sort of thing but yeah it's obviously been very successful and it's still going have you ever owned a, an ipad my parents have and still do and so does my brother and i think they're really cool devices i know that other major tech companies have done similar tablets to, App to Apple's iPad since the iPad was first released. Microsoft has done the Surface, Google's done tablets, and so has Samsung and Amazon, and the other big tech giants have done similar devices. All right, well, so that's our, our little flashback, a little look into the past in terms of technology. And now we have a trivia question to answer. Last week, the question was, there was a film that was a lot like Aladdin, but it was in development hell for a very, very long time, multiple decades, I think. What is the name of this movie? It's called The Thief and the Cobbler. And it was it's also was also known alternately as The Princess and the Cobbler and also Arabian Night. And can you tell us a little bit about the film? What was it about? It was took place thousands of years ago in the Middle East, and it was kind of a complicated film and it was but it was really interesting i know and it 
was kind of Disney, but not really. It was distributed by Miramax and Ally Filmmakers and Warner Brothers. And it has three different versions that are one where print version is 91, one's 80 minutes, and one's 72 minutes. What really sets it apart is that the animation is truly just spectacular. The, the level of detail that's presented in every single frame of the movie is truly astonishing. And you can see why it took so long to make because so much time and effort was put into the art form of the movie itself. But there are a lot of creative issues, a lot of issues with the studio, the producers. And I mean, it. I think it came out around the same time as Aladdin. As a work print in 1982, the Princess and the Cobbler in 1993, and Arabian Night in 1995. Yeah, and I mean, just to give you a sense, I mean, this movie, it was first conceived all the way back in the 1960s. It spent like the next 30 years just being worked on. Richard Williams, who was an animator who passed away back in December, was the director of the film, and he previously worked on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So yeah, so that was uh, last week's trivia question. And stick around until the end of the episode for this week's trivia question. But for now, we have a feature presentation to get to. We're going to talk about this successful award-winning animation studio called DreamWorks, which is currently owned by Universal. Yeah, and it started back in 1994. As you said, it was founded by Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and David Geffen, and they all worked together to start this, this studio. And it's kind of had its ups and downs, but a lot of iconic films have been produced by this studio. Jeffrey Katzenberg founded it following the success in his previous works at Disney, which were Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King. And actually, that's kind of a big point of contention. A big part of the rivalry between DreamWorks and Disney is the fact that Katzenberg came from Disney, started this studio. He brought with him a lot of top animation talent from Disney. And you really see that rivalry in stark terms in shrek there's a lot of inside jokes poking fun at disney like um there's the parody of it's a small world welcome to do lock in that machine Exactly. It's a friendly-ish rivalry, but there's definitely a rivalry there. But that came a little bit later, so you've actually met Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yes, nearly six years ago when I got a tour of the studio. It was fun and exciting, and I've always dreamed of going to there, because the year before and the year after that I went to Pixar and Disney, but that year I went to DreamWorks, and it was 2014 May of that year, and I got a fun tour, but it was in the cafeteria of the studios where when we were getting lunch, I saw Jeffrey Katzenberg and I noticed him. So can you tell us a little bit about what you saw during this tour? Like, did you see the, like people working on animation stuff yeah, or what people working see? on people working on films and development and upcoming movies and also some 
interesting concept art and things for a lot of their movies from the past and movies that were coming out soon at the time, such as Trolls and some other movies. And what's Jeffrey uh, Katzenberg like? He was kind and he was friendly and he was a nice guy and I liked him. Any other cool specific things that you saw while there? Oh, things like like in one of the building's posters of three of their franchises, Shrek, Madagascar, and Kung Fu Panda, as well as like little secret rooms and things like with pool tables and things like that, similar to what Pixar has and other animation studios have. Yeah, and I thought it was a fun and interesting experience. And I always dreamed of going there ever since I was a little kid with some of their earlier films were released. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really awesome that you got to see the studio up close, see some of the work being done, and even get to meet Katzenberg himself. So when the studio started, its first movie... Was Ants. Well, DreamWorks at the time when it started, when they started out as DreamWorks Pictures did live action, but their first film that was animated was a computer animated film called Ants, which was kind of similar to A Bug's Life made by Pixar. Which was released the same exact year? Fall of that year, 1998. Which is very interesting timing that you had these two very similar concepts coming out from two different studios at the very same time. It was a little scary at times, kind of like A Bug's Life, but at the same time, like A Bug's Life, it was also really funny. And I think, actually, Ants really kind of perfectly embodies DreamWorks at the very beginning, where it was very up and down, because Ants, as a movie, was really well-received. And I think it actually got even better reviews than A Bug's Life, but Mm -hmm. at the box office, it didn't do as well. A movie that was a big hit soon after that was The Prince of Egypt, which is actually one of my favorite animated films. I know, I know. And it it was traditional animated, and I'd say by far of all the many films they produced, it is easily their least funny, most serious film, but they, DreamWorks, of course, has made lots of other way more funnier films. And that and Prince of Egypt, of course, it's based on the story of Moses and Exodus. And it was very, very popular. But then you look at the very next film they produced, The Road to El Dorado. That was their, probably their biggest box office bomb. I know, and it was a but it was a musical buddy comedy film, and it was a more funny and comedic than its previous movie, The Prince of Egypt. Yeah, but it did definitely did not do well. So DreamWorks was kind of struggling at first to find its foothold in this market of animation. For the most part, their movies, you know, they had been well-received. Chicken Run was... Made by Wallace and Gromit creator Ardman. One of the best. That's what it feels like. It's like you go from like, oh, that's one of the best, to, oh, I don't even remember that movie. It's very up and down. But I think where they really start to find their footing was with Shrek. Yeah, Shrek, which was released in 2001. And it was loosely based on the classic children's book by William Steig. And it had been in long development hell as early as the 90s. Originally planned to be a traditional animated film or a live action CGI film before it ended up up becoming a computer animated film. I always thought it was really, really funny and hilarious. A really funny movie they made. Like Donkey, of course, I've always loved and I thought he was funny. And I like the funny parts like... When Shrek tells Donkey to stop singing or when the fairy tale creatures come into Shrek's swamp 
And he says, no, kind of an inappropriate joke when Shrek says, dead broad off the table. <laughs> and I think, I think that's where the turn kind of came for the studio itself, because up to that point, it seems like they were just trying to make, in some senses, traditional animated films where they were very, either they were comedies, like straight comedies, but like very family friendly to more serious animation, like with the Prince of Egypt. Shrek is very rides that line of being very edgy. So like obviously kids can enjoy it, but there are a lot of jokes aimed at adults. I know it was very big and successful, I remember. And it was produced by DreamWorks, one of DreamWorks former divisions, PDI, Pacific Data Images. That movie came out, DreamWorks was doing great, and then they released two Cluggers right after that, Spirit Stallion of the, the Cimarron, and Sinbad. Spirit, this film was released in 2002. And it didn't do well at the box office. And then Sinbad, which was considered a flop, and it was released in 2003. And it must have been demoralizing to come right after Chicken Run and Shrek, two movies that were really well-received and did pretty great at the box office to come back with two movies that just didn't really impress anybody. Sinbad wasn't really no match for earlier Disney hand-drawn movies. That's a very good point. So in the context of other movies that were out, we already talked a little bit about Ants versus A Bug's Life in terms of Pixar, but what other Disney movies were out around this time? Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas, that one came out during the same time as Finding Nemo, which one of the most beloved movies Pixar made and was a critical and financial success, as we know. It kind of did feel like DreamWorks was trying to catch up with Disney. So like Finding Nemo came out in 2003, and then next year DreamWorks released Shark Tale. And the same year, though, which they released Shrek 2, the second film of their Shrek franchise and the sequel to Shrek, which... Like, the first film was also considered a success. And that's something else to, that we can get into is, is the development of franchises. Um, but Shark Tale, it's another one of those movies that, oh yeah, I kind of remembered that. You might have seen the commercials for it. Will Smith was in it. He was one of the voices, or the voice for the main lead. And Robert De Niro and Jack Black and some other people. Right. It had big talent, big names attached to it, but it just didn't do well. And I think a big part of the reason why is that it just felt derivative of Finding Nemo. And also, so Dirt came out around the same time as The Incredibles. You're going to have a hard time competing with those films. But DreamWorks kept plugging away. And the following year, they developed one of the first movie of what would become one of their more successful franchises. And that was Madagascar, which was a clever animated comedy film about animals. It came from the Central Park Zoo in New York, and then they get shipwrecked and end up on Madagascar, an island off the coast of Africa. And it was one of the funniest films they've made. Yeah, and that's led to sequels, a spinoff, I think at least one show. A couple, actually, and there's going to be another this year. And the, Yeah, so there's going to be three shows based off the Madagascar franchise which was a really clever funny animated franchise with animals yeah that's the kind of start where it's like okay finally dreamworks is starting to develop their own kind of work getting away from what 
Disney and Pixar are doing and developing its own thing over here. Kung Fu Panda, which came out a few years later, was one of their biggest films. And that same year, they released the second Madagascar. A couple years later, they released How to Train Your Dragon, which is one of the most critically, one of the most well-received animated series ever. Yeah. I'm saying the Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, which won an Academy Award, was released in 2005. And then a year later, another Ardman film, which received a favorable response, but wasn't as successful, called Blush Away. So what do you think, though, about their more successful franchises that they've developed so far? Trolls, The Croods, and some other ones like Monsters vs. Aliens, which they mentioned a lot of in, in a recent episode. Yeah, those were all got follow-up shows, and those were all like ones from the 2010s, which, although some of them flopped, some, they did get TV shows. Yeah, so let's talk about that. DreamWorks has been really aggressive about turning their movies into franchises whether that's making sequels of those movies or turning them into shows. That's where they've really been big is turning their movies into shows. Like Disney has done and still does sometimes and other studios, DreamWorks has been doing that. Earlier ones for, for Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and later ones for Netflix and I think Hulu and more coming to Netflix and actually Amazon Prime and then Hulu and the new NBC Peacock streaming service. The studio has been really big on making those shows, really spreading it around. And I think that's that's becoming a lot more common, especially now that like streaming is, is really popular now, that a lot more studios seem to be following uh, following DreamWorks now. It, have you seen any of them? Yeah, I have. Like the ones based on the Croods and Turbo and like Trolls and Home and Captain Underpants and some of the others. I think they're fun and it makes... They're good enough as sequels for films that don't need sequels as movies, but sequels as follow-up shows. Monster vs. Aliens wasn't as big or successful as Kung Fu Panda or How to Train Your Dragon, but it was successful enough for a show on Nickelodeon. I think that's a, that's a great point because there are certain movies and certain characters that in maybe in movies they don't work as well. And I think Monsters vs. Aliens is a good example where you have a lot of different characters. It's a little hard to make sure that everybody gets their proper screen time but in a show you can allow these characters to develop and really grow with them and bond with them a little bit more so and what movies are coming out from dreamworks like one it's coming out later this year from dreamworks for netflix is jurassic world world camp cretaceous and also this year dreamworks is going to do trolls world tour which we talked about last week which is going to come out the same day at on demand in theaters because of the virus, as we talked about last week. And also Cruz is getting a sequel. And in the coming years, they're going to do more films. Yeah, I think Boss Baby, they're doing a sequel for that too. DreamWorks, four main franchises from earlier, Shrek, Kung Fu Panda, Madagascar, and How to Train Your Dragon, all got a show or two. So now it's going to be interesting to watch with DreamWorks because a lot of those franchises have sort of naturally come to a conclusion shrek ended in the early 2010s how to train your dragon how to train your dragon just had its last film last year kung fu panda hasn't had another movie since 2016 all these big franchises that have really ushered in dreamworks to be as successful as it's been those are all kind of tabled for now it'll just be interesting to see what other movies, what other franchises the studio develops. 
are there any movies that you are particularly excited to see? Yeah, like Trolls World Tour, which will be really fun and really colorful, just like the first movie. Although there have been some unofficial uh, reports, there's a possibility of a fifth Shrek film. And Chris Melodondry from Illumination might might be doing it, as well as a sequel or reboot to their 2011 spinoff film Puss in Boots. That is a very interesting rumor. Uh, we'll be sure to follow that and sort of see what we learn, because again, it's been more than 10 years at this point since the last Shrek. And Puss in Boots got a show called Adventures of Puss in Boots for Netflix. And Shrek, of course, also got a broad, an award-winning musical for Broadway called Shrek the Musical, and it first debuted in 2008. Have you seen that one? Part of, Parts of it, though, but I hear it was really good and really funny, too. All right, so DreamWorks, it's been around for a little bit more than 25 years. It's produced a lot of iconic films, a lot of classic films, and it'll be interesting to watch to see where it goes from here. Yeah. That will be it for our episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animation and beyond. And if you support us, you get access to very exclusive content, including some uh, some pictures that Ezra drew recently of famous animated characters. But yeah, of course, as always, please stay healthy, please stay safe, and... Yeah, but before we let you go, we have a trivia question to give you. Last year, we told you that Chris Farley was originally going to be the voice of Shrek, but who was originally going to be the voice of Donkey? Yes, yeah, so very, very appropriate for this episode. So if you know the answer... Give us a shout on our Facebook page or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Yeah, thank you for listening, and I hope we'll see you on the next episode. And so stick around for Animation April. We're going to be talking about a new studio next week, so stay tuned. Bye. Bye.